She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. It's Friday and welcome to the She Loves Herself podcast. Today I have a gorgeous guest on and I'm so excited to share with you that it's the wonderful Clara Hermit. Now Clara is probably best known for being a Radio 1 DJ. So she has done Radio 1 Extra, she's Radio um, 1 London. She's also a presenter and personal development coach. She is a no bullshit, straight talking sister, right? She's just bloody awesome. She's right up my street. She is motivational. She keeps it real. She speaks her truth. She embraces her body, her feminine. And she's got a real balance between her masculine and feminine. So if anyone listened to my podcast episode, The Monday Love Punch, I was talking about how we can have more balance in our masculine and feminine energy. And she's just kind of one of those girls that's kind of got the sweet spot right there. Um, This episode is really honest, raw, vulnerable, funny. It's just everything you want to listen to on a Friday or whichever day you're deciding to to listen to this. Um, Clara's story really touched me because I followed her for quite a while. I knew that she lost her mum to breast cancer. I knew that she also lost her sister to breast cancer. She had a double mistake to me a few years ago um, and she really opens up about that. She also talks about toxic relationships um, and how she believes that your life really transforms when you start to take personal responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. So from start to finish, there's laughs, tears and lots of badass inspiration. She's going for a big goal this year to reach 1 million followers on YouTube. So um, let's support her. Let's show her some love and enjoy this episode, guys. Let's go. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome, Clara, to the She Loves Herself podcast. Thank you so much for saying yes and coming on with me today. No worries at all. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and um, I'm I'm excited for this conversation. Yes. So I invited, so for the listeners, I invited Clara on because I've been drawn to her for a few months now. I started following her. I love her energy, the way she shows up, what she posts on her social media platform. To me, it's empowering. It's real. It's got grit. It's got strength and authenticity, which is everything no pressure, Clara. Clara's like, what? And no pressure, right? But it's everything that I embody and try to embody every day. I'm definitely not perfect. Mm. But I love what I love about you is for me, when I look at your platform and how you show up, it gives other people permission to be themselves authentically and truthfully and speak their truth too. So have you always been like that? No way. I wish I had. I wish I'd always been like that, but I definitely have not always been like that. And it's taken a long time for me to get to that place. In fact, I think that I was like the complete opposite (laughs) of everything Mm -hmm. I am now. Um, For a long time in my life, I was just really unhappy. I disliked everything about myself about being me um I really didn't want to be here I I was I had eating disorders I've 
been through depression, anxiety, like all of these different things. And even at times when I guess, um, so I'm a presenter, I have a show on BBC Radio London right now, but there was a time where I was very much involved in the UK grime scene. So I was interviewing artists. Um, I was presenting for BBC Radio One Extra for BT Sport. And um, I had a YouTube interview series that was doing really well. And I think externally, my life looked pretty great, mm. I guess, to other people. Um, but I was just so unhappy. I was so, so unhappy. Um, and and I think that it's taken a lot of work for me to get to a place where I am now. And like you said, I'm not perfect. Like I still have days and I still have certain beliefs, but I understand how my mind works. I understand how my subconscious mind works. I understand that I have these beliefs. And so even if... Um, I'm not able to necessarily change them magically. I can be aware that they're mm. impacting me and my current thought patterns and behaviors. Um, so yeah, that having that perspective and having that awareness is, is certainly really great, but there are still times, you know, where I catch myself and I think, you know, I'm really not feeling happy today. Okay. Let's look at why I'm not feeling happy and how am I going to work on this? I absolutely love that you're speaking my language, Clara. So I want to just take you back. So lots and lots of success. And as you said, to the outside, people would look at that and think, oh my God, that's amazing. I want to do that. But when you said I was actually not that happy, what was it? What was the sort of turning point for you when you said you weren't happy? How bad did it get when you said I didn't want to be here? What was going on for you at that point? So I think at that time, so I um, lost my mum to breast cancer when I was nine years old um, and it wasn't dealt with at all. So I think that that it just hugely impacted like my whole entire being, my person. And I, I do look at things now and think like, that's obviously the journey that I'm meant to be on. And it's, you know, it's the experience that I'm meant to have as opposed to like this thing happened to me, poor me, because I was in that space for a long time. Um, and that definitely didn't help. But because it wasn't dealt with and I was a kid, I that's how I, I didn't know. I grew up not knowing how to communicate about my emotions and how I was feeling. I was obviously like riddled with grief that hadn't been dealt with or processed or I didn't even know the word grief. I didn't even know it existed. Um, so, you know, for someone to go through the experience of losing their mum, but to never speak about it really, um. or, to, or anyone to talk to them about it and, or to say it's okay to be upset or to say like, how are you feeling for none of that to ever be acknowledged um, had a huge impact on me. And I, it ended up with self-hatred. It ended up with me. I hated myself because I, I, I don't I think it's because I, I all I wanted was my mum back and I couldn't get myself out of that place and it mm. ended up that I just really disliked myself and that was you know it's kind of like a 10 11 12 year old child that I had this real hatred towards myself towards my body um and that kind of like you know translated into the secondary school years and I ended up um I was kind of quite chubby because I guess I turned to food and I was like an emotional, mm. I still am an emotional eater, so I have to be a bit aware of that, but um, I got bullied at school. And so I then ended up with, with bulimia, which got progressively more uh, severe and aggressive as I got older. Um, and I just ended up in a space. I had a, I had a, a um, boob job when I was 20 as well, because I thought that um, if, 
if I was more attractive, I would be loved and I desperately wanted to be loved and I desperately wanted approval and validation. So I did all of these, uh, all of these things. And um, then I like discovered presenting because I was really shy, which people are always like, huh? But I couldn't talk to anyone. So I would struggle to make a phone call, to make an appointment, to have a conversation. Um, and the presenting thing happened by accident or wow. divine intervention or whatever you want to call it. But somehow when I was on camera, it gave me kind of a, a confidence. It was like I stepped into a different identity and had the ability to be able to to talk in a, in a way that I couldn't off camera, which caused its own set of problems. Um, and then my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 23, she was 25. Um, and then everything just kind of fell apart again. And I started having, um, which was later diagnosed as stress-induced vertigo and panic attacks. Um, and I was working for Sky at the time and I was driving to for my job for, I had like a two hour drive. And I just started having panic attacks when I was driving and when I was live on air. So then I had to give up work. It was just the the worst kind of experience. Um, And so I decided I needed to find a new job that would ground me more. So I qualified as a personal trainer. After a year of doing that, I was like, no, I really want to be a presenter. So Mm -hmm. I kind of went back into that world. But I never never knew um, that. I had the ability to change how I thought and felt about myself until somebody gave me the secret DVD to watch a client, a personal training client. And I, um, I watched it and it made me really angry. And I just thought this is, this is like the biggest amount of, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but it's okay. Or bullshit. (laughs) Then because I, it made me really angry. I was miserable. I was so, so, so unhappy. And this book is like, think positive thoughts and your life will change. I'm like, I don't know how to have a positive thought. I don't even know what that means. However, there was something within me at a deeper level that recognized the truth in that. And so I started looking for, for answers. And this was not long before my sister died. And it was when my sister died, I was 28. And at that point, I just thought, I can't live like this anymore. Like I've lived like this for nearly 20 years of just being miserable. This is not a life. And if my mum and sister can't be here, then I have to find a way to try and change how I think and feel about myself. Like I have to, for them, for me, like it has to be possible. And yeah, and that was the turning point for me. But in terms of how low it got and not wanting to be here, I didn't, I have never attempted suicide or anything like that. But my, my, think I was just in so much uh, like emotional pain and I would kind of just scream and cry and I just wanted my mum back and I Mm -hmm. and you know and I I mean there are even times now where I get into that place Mm -hmm. where I'm like I want my mum back like I want that love and that reassurance back um and so that those were the points where I was like I just don't want to be here like if I could just exist like what's the point of me being here you know that kind of questioning of if this is all like I'm ever going to feel, why am I here? Um, so that is kind of the space. Yeah. Wow. 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 I have goosebumps and I didn't obviously know um, that, that information and just so much that um, I'm sure there's listeners that, that will relate to some of what you said, maybe not all. And I can certainly relate to um, some of what you said as well. Um, and, when you mentioned the word grief and you mentioned the word hating yourself and 
and what was coming up as you know as a life coach myself and I know that you also have trained in this space too and uh, intuition and we are so connected as as souls as human beings right and that energy space when you were talking about um the hating yourself and it's that anger it's that resentment and we hold so much resentment even to the ones that we love that aren't here it's like why did you go why did no one allow me to have that voice as a child why and it's anger and resentment is like poison in our bodies and there's this thing um quote by Wayne Dyer and he says it'll never the snake bite will never kill you it's the venom the bite never kills you. It's the venom that pours in your body and seeps through every part of your body. And we are programmed as children. And, and someone said to me the other day, because I talk about it a lot, is our parents and their 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 parents, it's the sweeping under the carpet generation. We don't talk about it. Nothing goes out of these four walls. Keep your own counsel. Don't talk about this stuff. Don't tell anyone this. And so we learn at such an early age that we don't want to um, talk about things and it's weak to to talk about it, just get on with it. But you'll know, obviously, uh, through going through this experience and also being a trained coach, that it's so damaging to our soul and so, so damaging to us. And also, I want to pick up on when you said about the secret, I read the secret when I was at my lowest point, my partner handed me the secret book, um, Clara, and I remember one chapter in thinking this is a load of shit how can it's not my fault that this is happening to me it's not my fault how can this be my fault I'm a good person and I don't deserve this and that's not fair and and actually I was so desperate though I remember I just thought I have to keep reading it I'm so desperate and I got to the end of it and I shut the book and I thought I remember sitting thinking right I'm gonna try this because you know, if it works for these other people, why not me? I'm just going to try it. That was a definitely turning point for me, that book as well. So lots and lots of synchronicities um, with what you were saying. And I love that you can still admit, because I think some people will look at people, especially on their platforms and social media and think, you know, I bet they never feel down. I bet, you you know, they're so confident, Um and even the ones like yourself that speak speak your truth and you're you're honest and you're authentic, there is days that you still want your mum. There's days that you still feel upset and sad and angry. And what I loved is what you said. And again, I'm resonating so much when you said it's the awareness, it's understanding that it's okay. It's just a feeling. It's part of you as a whole person to feel all of the emotions. We're not born just to always be happy. The whole person. Yeah. And allowing ourselves that space just to actually have an adult temper tantrum. Yeah. Well, I think there's this kind of like belief that you get to this, you get to this like final stage where you complete life and you're like this, you know, this Zen being who doesn't have any emotions. And 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 there are, I think there are few enlightened beings who are at a point where they've let go of their personhood. So they've managed to kind of, you know, achieve that level of enlightenment where they're no longer attached to anything. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, that's a completely different space that I am in no way saying <laughs> I'm in. Um, and I and I feel like, yeah, that, that we kind of have this idea that, you know, that people are going to reach this 
pinnacle mm-hmm. and have ev- like all of their shits together. Everything's in line. And from that point, life is just going to be perfect. And it just doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. And it's the same, I think, when we set out to do anything new, that it's like, okay, um, a lot of people that I've worked with, it's always about consistency, but I can't be consistent. But what I learned about consistency is that the only way you create it is by doing the thing when you feel like you don't want to do it like that's it and I didn't even realize that before because I would every time I went to do something I'd get this huge kind of resistance and I would think well you know I'm not supposed to feel like that and and I can't do it with that that resistance is too much is too and then someone just said to me sometimes you just have to do it with the resistance there you just have to do it and I was like oh wait and and then and that completely shifted the whole you know the whole game so it's kind of like even if you know you even if I wake up and I don't feel great I'm consciously aware of the fact I don't feel great so it then allows me to do something about it or to at least be able to um vocalize or communicate to to myself and to, to someone else if I want to like what's actually going on like what is it that I'm thinking or believing that's making me feel this way or what pattern of emotion that I've had for years am I now falling back into that's that's making me think feel believe or act this way and so that awareness is 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 key for for everything right Mm -hmm. because if we don't have that then we're just at the mercy of every thought or feeling that we have and we can't take responsibility and that means we can't change and we can't do anything about it so Mm -hmm. yeah I think that awareness is is key yeah it's taking that personal responsibility but I think so much again it's the programs of we wait for someone else to validate us to tell us what to do to tell us it's okay I've done this thing and and we learn it as children we're always compared as children even from the the moment we're born who's first to talk who's first to walk who's first to you know be on solids I mean it's crazy then you go to school and you're compared top middle bottom group and And so we learn that behavior. Oh, how do I just be myself? Like, how do I just say, I have an opinion. This is how I feel deeply. I'm intuitively going with that and it's okay. No, what we do is we go, oh no, what does everyone else think? What does social media think? Or what does my my friends think? What are they doing? And it's, and it's, when you talked about the enlightened beings again, and I'm very honest and I say to people like yourself, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't pretend to be, but really apart from maybe Eckhart Tolle, (laughs) I don't know anyone else who is, you know, and it's this life, it's taking that um, action, even when you don't want to. And when we feel resistance, and when you talked about resistance, normally, I don't know about you, uh, Clara, but when I'm, in resistance, and I mean real resistance, it's when I'm going to have a breakthrough. Yeah, like it's, yeah. To do. Or that's going to be, you know, big or productive or helpful. And so, yeah, I think that sometimes we kind of can overanalyze things and be like, yeah, I feel like this because this happened to me and that happened to me and da da da, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not, you, you can do all of that and you can unwind all of that stuff, but it's still not going to get you taking action. Um, you just have to do it when it's there like when that resistance is there and that resistance Mm. is like no you have to just say yes and I think that also and I'm sure that this is probably part of of something that that you do as well is like cultivating this this voice 
that is the like you're not even like a cheerleader like I have a voice that's just like whenever I catch myself you know thinking or feeling a certain way this voice is kind of like almost like a motivational speaker in my head but kind or, or like an American preacher kind of like no like you cannot think like this you don't need to think like this let's change this let's do this now so having that voice there doesn't allow me the chance to feel sorry for myself or to sit there and think oh but you know this and that and that and that because that voice is like this isn't helping us this is not productive this is not going to change things and when you start to understand that how you feel is creating your your uh, experience then it's like if I'm feeling rubbish I'm going to continue to create the same experience that's making me feel rubbish mm. and so I've kind of I try and switch my language certainly recently where the my reality isn't what I see my reality is what I feel because actually when you think about it what you're what you're experiencing now is the result of what you have thought and felt about Mm -hmm. so it's almost like um it's kind of like it's it's the the results of the actions that you've put in so if you want to change that then it's what you're doing now so the reality is your thoughts and feelings now will change that experience so that kind of you know getting into that space is really like well I can't afford to be feeling you know not that I not that it doesn't happen but when it does it's like I I can't afford to do this because this is not going to produce the the results that I want or the experience that I want so yeah I think that kind of we're so we're so focused externally Mm -hmm. and when we do that that then implement that affects how we feel so we just attract in a cycle mm. continuous cycle of producing the same experiences mm-hmm. over and over again because we're triggered by what we see whether it's social media whether it's you know the news whatever it is we create that fear again or that jealousy or that whatever it is and then we just create more and more and more and more of the same because we don't understand how powerful we are and we oh, don't yeah. understand what we have the ability to do completely we become ship magnets <laughs> Yeah, producers even. Well, that's it. The thing is, right, we we are magnetizing things. We're always manifesting, you know, all the time we're manifesting. It's what you were saying there about if you're in a low vibration, you cannot manifest great things if you're in a low vibration. Um, And it's about actually trying and people will say, well, you know, things are hard and I feel like it is hard. What tips would you give people that are in a, and, you know, this year has been really challenging for a lot of people, right? what advice would you give them to try and even get started to move themselves up that emotional vibrational scale so they can start manifesting more positive things the the first thing that I would say is do like read some books and do a little bit of like so you understand what it is that we're talking about because I think that you know it's very easy to just like kind of listen to something and in the moment when you're listening to it you can be like yeah that feels pretty good and the moment you step outside and then a a bird shits on your head or you know (laughs) you you, the bill comes through the door or the whatever happens you're magically out of that Mm. feeling and that vibration again and you're like so I think like for me some of the the best tools have been you know kind of just educating myself a bit more in terms of reading books because books have tools in so um I think that the awareness that we've spoken about is key because if you're just going through life without being aware of what you're thinking and feeling, then you can't do anything to change it. So having that awareness is one. Number two is, and I think this is why reading 
comes into play and educating yourself comes into play is that taking responsibility Mm -hmm. and understanding that we do have the power to change it. And so it it can be really hard because sometimes people are like, well, no, because, you know, like you were saying about, well, I didn't create this for myself. You know, I'm a good person. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. The way that I try and look at things is and reframe things is what if this is happening for you, not to you? Like what if Mm -hmm. these things are happening to challenge you to step up to the plate to make your life fucking amazing? What if this is what you need? You don't have to believe it, but isn't that a better way of of looking at it? Because what's your choices? And this is the kind of the option that, that I would then go to with myself is like, okay, you literally have two choices. Your one choice is you carry on exactly as you are now, believing what you believe, doing what you're doing and getting the same results. Or the alternative choice is that you take responsibility for, for where you are and you you agree with and that you acknowledge there is a different way to exist and you dedicate your life to, to, to making that your reality. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not mm-hmm. going to be like a momentary thing. But once you start to get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. it just it, it feels so much better. And there are small I think there are like small things we can do. Um, uh, I, I would say like stuff like there's a uh, do you know Holly Matthews? Yeah. So she's been on my podcast. Yeah. So Holly, and um, she was talking about like a thought ladder. So, you know, in, in terms of just having thoughts that are slightly better than where you are now, you know, just it do, you don't have to go from I hate myself to I love myself because <laughs> it's unrealistic, you know, and it is literally like a ladder. If you're at the bottom of a ladder mm. and you want to get to the top and someone's like, yeah, you've got to get there, but you can't use any of the rungs. Well, how are you going to get there? You can't fly. Totally. So it's yeah. those so small steps. and It's not expecting, you know, like yeah. miracles overnight, but I think the the reading thing is so important because we're we're sold a um a version of reality and of society and of what we are as humans and we and we know how our brains work we're programmed right so we know that we're programmed and we're programmed our subconscious is programmed with this idea of society and of reality so we believe it like what our parents tell us every our school tells us everything tells us this is how it works this is what you do this is the way that life works and then suddenly you you you'll realize like no I'm miserable this is miserable and you start looking for something else and then someone gives you this you know this whole idea of the law of attraction and the laws of the universe and spirituality and we're taught to see it as like woo woo and other and you know kind of mystical but it's not it's just a different story how is the story that we've been told any you know any easier to believe it's just because everyone else around us believes it so we think well it must be true um so that's why it's important to kind of you know find seek out communities who believe that whether it's online or whatever read books about people who have you know who have had these experiences and also understand that the stuff that we're talking about has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years and people have been using these tools for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years so it's not new in fact what we believe now is new and is almost like someone went oh we know how to program humans and what we want to do is is trick them into believing that they're not powerful that they're not creators only we the, the only we want to know that yeah. we everyone else to forget that so that we can control everybody great okay cool this is what we're going to do and and 
And I kind of feel like that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And at the moment, there is a lot of people who are, you know, who are like, no, but this doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why are we all here to just be miserable? That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. So I think there's a lot of people on that kind of journey. I know you asked for tips and advice. and I've Oh, oh you are honestly. Version of the world. I, 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 I get it. I, and I, I agree everything you're saying. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. And it's so true. And I think I have definitely noticed. I mean, when I started this journey, I was in corporate for 21 years. And then I started this journey three years ago. No one in my network did this. Not a single person. So I was on my own finding my tribe of people. And now I again it's it's what I'm seeing now it's it's really blown up like yeah. there's so many more people becoming like healing from the inside yeah rather than you know and, and there is a place for for western medicine I, I always say that however I have a lot of people that come to me and say I've been on you know antidepressants for years and or I've been asked by the doctor I've been advised to take these tablets I don't want to take it and they'll say, you know, I am, a, I, I have anxiety. And I'm saying, no, you have anxious thoughts and feelings. Yeah. They're feelings. They're not who you are. And we we start to label ourselves and say, oh, well, that's me. I, I've, I'm in this box now. And that's just who I am. And I start to live my life and my identity is all around this box and this label that I've got. And when I work with them, like within a few weeks, months, either off the medication, don't need them you know, waking up to, oh my God, what have I been doing my entire life? And it is this conditioning. And I love that so many people are waking up to this now, because when you said earlier on in in this conversation that we are so powerful, Mm. holy shit, what we can do, what we can create, we are creators. You know, we talk about creator, we are the creators, like it's amazing and I know when I started to take personal responsibility and accept that yeah you are a nice person but you have actually attracted so much of this crap you've actually attracted it okay um maybe it's not your fault but it's certainly your responsibility and I say to people you're only so anyone that's listening that's all you're responsible for you not anyone else how they show up how they act and when we feel like, oh, this person said this, or this person doesn't like me, or this person's not validating me, or I'm not fitting in this box, and it feels like crap, the reason it feels like crap is because you're not living your truth. You're not living in alignment with who you are. You shouldn't feel crap about what anyone else is doing or what anyone else thinks of you. If you're fully embodying your truth, you honestly care less. I'm not saying you never care right? Because sometimes the old hardwired programs like to creep back in and tell us a bullshit story. And again, going back to what you said about stories, it is a story. Everything's a story. So why not create or live a new story, one that will serve you powerfully? And you don't have to say, you know, you you listen to this conversation like, yeah, 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 I want that. But how? Start with the book. Start with meditation and going back to what Clara said, you're not going to feel like it. When your alarm goes off, I mean, I get up early, super early every morning because I've got two kids, but that's how I fit in my meditation. That's how I fit in my journaling. That's how I fit in my breathing, my time for me to develop me and my energy and and create what I want to create for the day and set my intentions. Um, I have to get up at that time and it's that discipline. Self-discipline is self-love, as the old Will Smith says, you know, self-discipline is self-love. It is an act of self-love 
when you say I'm showing up for me first, because when I do that, I am just unstoppable. You can't, I think it, Joe Dispenza kind of talks about that. And he says, I think that he gets up at 4am in the morning and it will take him between, you know, so he, he gives himself up to two hours to get himself into the right place because he realizes there's no point doing anything unless he's in that right space, because it will all come from, you know, the, the wrong energy. And um, there's a guy called, I can't remember his surname, but his first name is Visu. And he talks about excuses. And he says, you know, like we use things as excuses. And he says, that these excuses they can be real true things so like for me it could be you know but I you know I'm I'm shy or um my you know but my mum died or it could be um but I'm a woman and women aren't doing what I want to do or it could be any of these things and he's like yeah that's true that's absolutely true and you can have it or you can have progress but you cannot have both yeah you're going to choose to believe that those excuses will hold you in that space and you can have them Stay there, but you will never move forward because if you're saying I can't because I'm a woman and a woman hasn't done it before, then cool. That's true. Whether you say you can or whether you say you can't, either one is true. That's Mm -hmm. it. So you can't have your excuses. And and just when you were talking, you know, there about, you know, I'm a good person, but this and this and this, it's like it's an excuse. It, it, Uh It has happened. It doesn't mean it's not real or you haven't been through it or you haven't experienced it. But so what? Because if you, and sometimes I think I can be quite tough because- Me too, me too, yeah, baby. That's why everyone says that, baby. So what? So, so what? You, it, you can have it, but what you're saying is you don't want you don't want to be stuck where you are anymore. So you're going to have to let go of it. You're going to yeah. have to let go of it, right? And yeah. and then you're going to have to find a way to, to move forward and to move on because that's it. That's it. Like, that's what you got. You got those two choices. And it comes back to those two, mm. you know, those two kind of choices again. Yeah. I think. Excuses and, and blame. Oh, this person said this and they made me feel like it. that. Yeah. And, and, and I think like, it's the same. Yeah. Within relationships, it's exactly the same. You just have to take responsibility because ultimately, um, if, if you're going to allow somebody to treat you a certain way, you're allowing them to treat you a certain way, right? Like you can't, if you if you are like in a relationship with someone and they're not the person that you want them to be and that frustrates and annoys you again two choices either you're gonna shut up and put up and and stay there or you're gonna own and say you're not what I want it's not your fault you are who you are I want something different I'm gonna have to do something about it I love that. Stop trying to change people all the time. And also owning what part are you playing in that? You know, I had a coach and she used to call, well, she actually called me a frog farmer. (laughs) She said that I used to turn princes into frogs because I was so independent that I didn't, and I still work on this, right? This is probably my biggest thing. I really struggle to ask for help. Um, And I come from a single parent family, right? Who my mum brought us up to be strong women, like just don't take shit off anyone so that's been really drummed into my sister and I so even with men asking like a guy help me I'm like I don't need your help but I wouldn't even say it like in a bad way it would just my energy was just like I remember saying to my coach I don't know like I I just don't know what that says with with you know with relationships in the past it's like um they would want to be with me at the start and they would love the independence and then they would start to like be a bit funny and all that and then I would be right bye see you later yeah and I said to her you know what what's the problem she's like it's you <laughs> and I remember really triggered going it's not me I'm it's not me 
And then I obviously worked on myself and worked on my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's me because the energy I was giving off was don't need you. And I know that there'll be people listening to this that will resonate because, you know, we, we sometimes do go the, so far the other way as women. Like, you know, I'm all about, you know, sisterhood and everything, but sometimes we can be really go the other way that's very, very anti-men and it's like, no, you know, we don't need you. And, but we're all one, we're actually all one. And when we start to see when someone is acting up, even in relationships, I often say to people, if it's even a friend or a partner, you know, looking at them as a, a child, their inner child and saying, you know, no one is really born um, that way. It's programs. And actually when you see someone in their innocence as a child, we start to open our hearts a bit more. And often the words don't need to even be said. It's the energy that we express to someone and we radiate that will that will feel it. I mean, for me, I never ever said like, I, I don't need you. I don't need men. It was just, they felt it, you know? So yeah, definitely. And, and I do think that I remember I went to, so after I'd had my, I had a preventive double mastectomy and after I'd had that and went back to work to, to the kind of world of presenting that I'd left, I, I was like, I don't know if any of this makes sense anymore. I don't know who I am anymore. Um, and there was a little voice in my head that was like, go traveling. And I was like, no, that's crazy. I've, and I was 32 at the time. I was like, I've never wanted to travel before. You know, I'm too old to do it anyway. It's something you do when you're in your early 20s. And the voice was incessant. And I was like, I don't want to. And this voice is like, no, go traveling. So eventually I did end up going traveling. And the last month of my travels, I spent at a yoga school in Mexico. And the way that I, uh, and it was, a lot of it was a theoretical work rather than uh, the physical aspect of yoga. And the way that I explain it is like being Harry Potter and finding Hogwarts. Cause it was like, Oh my God, suddenly <laughs> everyone is speaking my language. Like this is amazing. And I was doing like a course that was like all based on like a lot of Eastern philosophies, uh, Christian mystics and um, Sufism, like lots of different stuff. And it was really, really interesting. And one of the things that came up, and I think this is actually Carl Jung was that, you know, when we meet somebody, we don't actually see who they are. We see them through the eyes of our expectation. Yeah. So what we're, when we like meet a guy, we're not meeting, you know, John who does this, this and this, we're meeting our version of John. And then when John doesn't live up to our version of John, who he never was, <laughs> then we get really annoyed. Um, and I think something I thought when you were, we were speaking earlier, and this is when it comes to, I think, partners, when it comes to in you know, life, whatever it is that we want, we need to know what it is. Like we need to be really clear about what it is for ourselves, for when we're asking for it. And because when we meet somebody who's not it, or when we have an opportunity presented to us, that's not it, we have to have the strength to say no. And this is something that I've like really had to learn, especially when it comes to men. I would say that for a long time, like I was, uh, I mean, if I read the definition of a sex addict, I'd probably say it wasn't me, but I feel like I was a sex, I was, or I was an emotional addict. And the way that I got that kind of emotion was, was having sex with people. And so there was like this, I just, I needed to feel like close to somebody. I needed to feel loved. I needed to feel. And so I was on this cycle because then that person would reject me. Then I'd need that high again. So I jump onto the next person yeah. or, you know, it's kind of this complete um, emotional uh, uh, roller coaster. And so I had to like get really kind of aware of that. And it was really tempting because it wouldn't matter if the person that I met, I'd be like, I know this person isn't going to be who I, what I probably need at this time, but I just, I need, I need to feel that 
like affection so in that situation for me it's been about learning to love myself so I don't need from anybody but also when someone now comes into my life and I'm like oh but they're a really nice person it's like but they're not going to be the person that you need or want and it's not going to work out so I have to have that kind of conversation with myself. It doesn't mean that that person is not a nice person. It doesn't mean that 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 you don't enjoy spending time with that person. But if you have, a, if you have a, a notion of the kind of relationship that you want, the way that you want to be treated, that doesn't make you a bad person or egotistical or demanding. It just means that you know what it's going to take for you to be happy. You know what it's mm-hmm. going to take for you to be um secure for you to be comfortable in a relationship they're not the right person and that's okay like it's okay if they're not the right person but I never used to know how to say no so I would be the kind of person that if someone if I found someone physically attractive that was it that's all that would be the only thing that was a tick box this person could be telling me that they don't want a committed relationship this person could be somebody who I don't know was like unemployed this person could be somebody who cheated on people this person could be all of the things that I wouldn't necessarily want but my only tick box was that I found them physically attractive Mm -hmm. and so that's definitely something that I've had to work on because I know the kind of person that I want to be with and it's the same with you know with a career or with anything it's like you know if you're going to take every single opportunity that comes along if you're going to say right I want to for example um I want to write a book or I want to become a coach or I want to be uh, presenter or I want to um, get like physically fit or whatever it is that I want to do I want to run a marathon uh, you can't take every single opportunity that comes along if that's not if it's not aligned to where you're going but if you don't know where you're going then you're going to take every single little opportunity that comes along like imagine if I was say I was going to walk to Scotland for example and which would be crazy especially at this time of year and I didn't really know what way I was going. Mm-hmm. And every time I saw like a little path that looked good, I was like, great, I'll just go down there because this looks cute. I'd never get to where I'm going. Yeah, like yeah. I'd never get there, right? So it's it's really, I think, knowing what, what it is that we want to create, knowing who we want to be with. And and also for us, knowing who we want to be, like mm-hmm. the kind of people that we want to be um, is really important because otherwise we're just kind of stabbing in the dark and yeah. in my experience that does not work no it doesn't and it's actually just getting to know yourself and starting to trust yourself and building that trust exercising that trust muscle because we're so as I said earlier programmed to think about what has happened externally what are they saying about that thing but actually really going into right what is what is my and our GPS saying essentially, what, how's that showing up for me? How am I really feeling about this? If there was no fear of failure and no fear of the opinions of others, what would I do? And that's a great question to ask yourself because people say, oh, I'm really scared. It's okay to be scared, you know? And actually when the mind's trying to talk you out of it, it's probably doing its job, right? It's, it's trying to keep you safe, but it's not the truth. And then it's asking yourself that question, if there was no fear of failure or no fear of the opinions of others, what could I do? What would I want to do? And don't let the forest overwhelm you. Just pick one tree out at a time and start to make that pathway to the end. There's going to be tests. There's going to be distractions that get thrown in your way. I still get them and I'm sure you do too. But it's going back to your why. And I talk about this as well. And I'm sure, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on having a really clear why. 
why you want what you want. And I think when I got really clear on my why, I was surface level before. You know, I would say, and I love my kids, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I want, uh, it's for my kids. Right. Okay. Right. But actually what's underneath that. And when I went like seven layers deep, it all came back to when I, you know, when I wanted something when I was a child and I didn't maybe get it and I was, a, you know, whatever that was. And I got so emotional. We get really emotional about these things. And when we identify our why and why it's so important for us to get, you know, to have that life and to live in truth, we become unstoppable. And as I said, we stop worrying about what other people are doing and what other people are thinking we just trust ourselves more and the more and more we exercise that the easier life becomes yeah for sure and I, I do think yeah having known what it is and why you want it is incredibly important because a lot of people be like, I want to be rich and it's like okay why like well for what reason what is it that you want to be rich and what does that even mean to you right because a lot of times it's it's just a, things are just words that are thrown around or I want to be confident well, confidence is different to everyone what does that look like to you how does that feel like try it on give it a go and for me as someone who was incredibly shy the only thing that I that I did is I knew what I wanted to do I wanted to present and I knew that to do that I couldn't shy wasn't going to help so I did things I I I was so scared I was literally so uncomfortable and so scared but for some reason on camera it didn't come across if I could give the way that I was feeling inside when I was doing the interviews that I was doing or sort of the like hidden camera kind of stunts and pranks that I was doing if I could give the feeling that I was feeling to somebody it was all like I would feel sick, that kind of anxiousness, but I knew I had to do it because if I didn't, I wouldn't push the boundaries yeah. of my comfort zone and my abilities. And I'm still doing that now. I'm still doing that now because I still, you talk a lot about kind of this idea that, you know, worrying about what other people think and blah, 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 blah. And to me, a lot of times I don't say what I think or what I feel or tell people the truth because I don't want to upset them. And, and that's something that I've had, you know, from, from childhood and not talking about my mum because I didn't want to upset the adults around me. So I don't want to start upset them. But now I'm like, no, I have, as, as the version of me that I want to be, who's, who's confident, who's authentic, I'm going to have to tell the truth. There's also situations where, you know, I've, I've kind of, I used to cover shows all the time um, on, on BBC Radio One Extra. And when I would have a meeting with my, my boss, I would never say, are you going to give me my own show? Are you going to give me my own show? Because I didn't want to hear a no. Mm -hmm. I was so scared that they would say a no. And I didn't want that rejection that I wouldn't ask the question. But sometimes it's like, we need to ask those questions. So it's like, okay, if that person's going to say no, cool. Where am I going now? Like, yeah. where am I next? So now I'm in a place where I'm really starting to step out and exercise that. And I'm 37 and I'm like, it's been the last kind of, I guess this whole coronavirus has really put a lot of things into perspective. So it's like, right, I'm going to really start to step out and tell people the truth, you know, and, and say, look, this is how I feel about this situation. Where are we at? What's going on? Because I'm not going to pussyfoot around the idea anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you connect to your what and you know your why, it starts to get easier to ask those questions. And when you start to back it up with some of the, the kind of theories and, and the idea of not just the law of attraction, but the fact that we live in an abundant universe mm -hmm. and there are literally an endless amount of combinations yeah. of scenarios, situations, people's opportunities that could lead us to where we want to go. So if one door closes, it doesn't matter because there are millions of other doors or mm -hmm. there are millions of other paths that lead us to that same yeah. place. But what's the point if you're basically, for me, in that situation that I was talking about radio, I'm on a treadmill, essentially. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. 
until I ask the question and either I then go, Oh, I don't want to be on this treadmill anymore. Mm. Or the treadmill continues and I continue on that path because they say yes, or that door closes. I get off the treadmill and I start walking on a path that's actually yeah. open. So yeah, I think knowing your what and your why otherwise otherwise how do you get up in the morning like yeah so what is your plans going into 2021 then what's the the goals the focus what you're looking to manifest so at the moment I have been working on like my my YouTube channel and this idea of getting to a million subscribers which could change um which could uh, and the reason I say that is that if I'm really like if I'm really really honest and I had a conversation with my my friend this morning who's kind of like in the he's not a coach. He's just an incredibly wise person. And he's been like really supportive. And the thing for me is that although there's loads of different things that I've done and that I do, I don't think I have found the thing yet. Right. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I never will. Like I'm, I'm open to the fact that I never will, but I also, my, my dad didn't find his thing until he was in my, in his forties. My granddad didn't find his, well, he did, but he didn't have the opportunity to do it until he was like older. And so there is, you know, I kind of have this, this thing that, that, that there will be something that drops into place for me where I'm like, right, all of the, the things will line up and I'll yeah. be like, cool, got it. Um, but for now I'm focusing on my 1 million YouTube subscribers. So I'm looking at uh, a series called how to be a YouTube superstar. So I'm kind of basically studying YouTubers who have created like huge platforms for themselves and looking at like how they've done it. So watching a lot of their content, what I can learn from it and then creating like recreating kind of some of their, their most viewed videos. Um, so that's something that I'm going to be starting in the, in the new year and just kind of really focusing for me and the, the experience that I've had of life. I was always somebody who would be like, I can't plan. Like I don't plan because I I'm just do things spur of the moment. Yeah. So that, that kind of, you know, excuse that I made for myself that I yeah. didn't plan. I couldn't be consistent. I've proven myself wrong. Like, so I know now that I can be consistent. Um, so all of these tools that have really kind of set into place for me, it's like now about unifying all of them together and in 2021 creating like uh something bigger like the, this this kind of brand and I and I have a path and a journey and I can see where it's going and I know where like the end is but it's taken a while to cultivate the tools to be able to bring everything together to create what I want to create essentially mm. um, and I think that there will be like more clarity that comes around things but yeah, I'm just kind of amazing. And you're just, it sounds like you're trusting it. You're trusting that it's on its way. So inspiring. And I totally really resonate everything with everything you're saying. I'm sitting here like a nodding bloody dog listening to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's truth. It's bloody truth. And we can have all the excuses in the world and we're allowed to feel sad at times. Yeah, of course we are. But feel it, don't live in it. Don't live in it. Um, life is for living and there's an abundance of everything. You just need to look at outside the bloody sky. Yeah. You know, there's an abundance everywhere. It's the choices and it's getting up and doing it when you don't feel like it and not going back to the old story and the old habits because it's just habits. It's not truth. You have to push past it. And what you are creating and what you've created and, you know, probably the most difficult times that you've ever experienced in your life what you've created is totally inspiring and what you're going to go on I can't wait to follow your journey next year I'll be one of your one of your one million subscribers 
<laughs> um, who knows what's going to happen in that time? Because this, this, I think the thing with me as well is, is I'm like, I just, I might just move to the Caribbean or I might just, I, like, <laughs> I'm in a situation right now where I, I don't have children. I'm not, you know, I'm not in a committed relationship. So it's kind of like, I still have that element of, uh, of freedom. And, yeah. and that's the other reason I think for me with the YouTube platform is that I want to be able to create something that I can do anywhere in the anywhere. world. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's it. Freedom. Freedom is a huge thing. Yeah. So thank you so, so much. What an amazing conversation. I literally could talk to you all day. Um, just been an honour having you on the podcast. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.